cameras in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good one? There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the That was mad yo's. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. Yes, it's Friday. Good morning. Yeah, man. We here. What a week. Yeah, today feels like the first Friday. Is it the first Friday of 2021? I don't even remember. Or is it the uh, second Friday of 2021? No, I think it's the I'm not sure. Second. First. New Year's second? was on Saturday. New Year's was on Saturday. New Year's is on Friday. New Year's is on Friday. Yeah, so it's the second Friday. Right. Second Friday, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the second Friday. So it's our first Friday back at work for 2021. Correct. Either way, I'm tired this morning. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm exhausted. I am, this has been a, a draining week already. Crazy week. Twenty twenty one gonna be if, yeah. If twenty twenty one gonna be this a drain, and I'm I ain't I, I'm I'm cool. I'll go back. To well, I finished. Oh, we could just. I call finished watching 13, Bridgerton. Uh, I'm thirteen. I finished watching Bridgerton last night, so that was exciting for me. Does it does it get better? Because uh, I started watching it yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was it started off slow. Um, and and I actually fell asleep. I, I think Gia uh, watched the first couple of episodes, but I was like, damn, does it get a, a, a little better? I thought it was good in the first couple of episodes. You just have to figure out what's going on because it's setting up everything for you. But, yeah, yeah think, it's great. There's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of people that are uh, doing things that later on you're like, oh, that's why they did that. It's really good. Gotcha. And it looks amazing. You could tell they spent a lot of money on it. They definitely spent a lot of money on that. Absolutely, positively, they spent a yeah, lot of it, money on that show. It's, it's very, it's, I mean, it's, it's good to have those breaks, but it's very hard to turn away from the news. At yes. a time like this, plus there's mm-hmm. the, plus that's the best the best show on television, is on, on, the, is news? on the news right yes, now. Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, I, I had a, so I think I had a rough. Turns and plots. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching the news all day, and I had a pretty rough week personally, so I needed a moment. I was like, I need to do something for myself, just for a moment. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it today after the show. Now, you know what? Shout out to Casanova. Uh, shout out if if uh, anybody. Is up and y'all listening? Tell Casanova we said what's up. Casanova sent to Wyatt said, "Yo, y'all, we, we ain't shout him out yet." I, I guess he listens every morning. He said we ain't him shout us out. So shout out to Casanova. Yeah, we did. We well, talked Casanova about how they that. also raised their money for Bill and put up uh, uh, took a few people that did that, and you know we discussed all of that. We yeah, literally but, dropped uh, one of Clu- we literally dropped one of Clues bombs for Casanova. I believe it was yesterday. It was one day this week. I know that. For a fact. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we I don't definitely know if you have, heard it. We need some updates on what's happening. Is he getting out? I know they raised that $2.5 million. Yeah, well, shout out to Casanova. Said the wife, said, damn, the Breakfast Club don't F with me. They ain't even shout me out. So shout out to Casanova. Well, he's Cass. wrong, Casanova. We definitely did. Okay. All right, well, send that wide. You're worried Cass. about the wrong things right now, Casanova. No, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was like that. I, just, uh, I understand the positive energy and you want to, uh, you know, stay optimistic, but you're worried about the wrong things. Okay, no, you just listen to the morning. No, so people, have their own, people. people have their own personal things going on, so we cannot ever take away from that. 
Word. Shout out to Cassie. Yeah, everybody, you know, had, every, 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 everybody had their own way, own way of coping. But, you know, yeah, he's still worried about the wrong things at this time. He just said, she didn't make it seem like that. They just said, yo, shout out to the Breakfast Club. Also, you know whose birthday is today? No. Who? It's all Kelly's birthday. Oh, Angie Martinez. Oh, Angie Martinez's birthday. Yes, it's Angie yeah, Martinez. You ruined birthday. that, MV. Yes, yeah, know, happy yeah. birthday, Angie. I was going, I was going to R. Kelly first, you know, the old jail thing. Right, are you right. doing an R. Kelly mix or something? No, I'm not. Okay, just checking. Like, like, yeah, we woke up this morning on January 8th and said, you know whose birthday it is? It's Angie Martinez. Actually, Angie's birthday is tomorrow, though, so we a day early. Oh, Today's yeah, day DJ early. Clue's birthday, then, Today's right? Clue's birthday, I think, right? God damn, yo, I, yo, 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 it's your maker. It's, it's his birthday, DJ Clue. Drop one of Clue's bombs for DJ Clue. You shot that on Kelly first. <laughs> you said yourself you wouldn't be in the position you in if it wasn't DJ Clue, but it's 6 o'clock in the morning, and you shouting out R. Kelly instead of right. DJ Clue. Right, because what I do is every morning oh, when man. I do my mix, I look up and see whose birthday it is to see if I'm going to do that mix, and R. Kelly popped up, so I'm like, wow, it's R. Kelly's birthday, but I'm not doing an R. Kelly mix. But that's what I'm I said. i do that, a DJ yeah. Clue mix. Yeah, okay, you remember better. You better remember what gremlin you popped off. All right, Clue didn't get Clue didn't eat after midnight and get wet for nothing. All right, <laughs> shut up, man. Why is everything so kinky with you, man? Clue is my brother. You mean, I'm talking about gremlins. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You never know what you. But let's get the show cracking because this is getting uncomfortable and getting a little strange and weird. All right. All right. Stephen A. Smith will be joining us this morning. Okay, the good brother Stephen A. He's From got a ESPN, new show coming out, right? Yeah, so we're going to kick it with... a new show premiering on ESPN Plus, I think, on Monday. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we'll kick it with Stephen A, all right? And let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Yes, we'll be talking about Donald Trump. He has finally publicly acknowledged that he's not going to be serving a second term, and we have that for you. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, I didn't see the game last night. Did you see the game, Yee, last night? The Brooklyn Nets versus 76ers? No, I told you what I was I watched doing. It. Wait, 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 wait. I watched it. I fell asleep uh, on that, the Brooklyn too. Nets won. The Brooklyn Nets won. Ky uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant didn't play. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, even though they got the best record in the league, they stunk up the place. Really? Had 20 turnovers, I believe. Yeah. And so the next one. I saw one of their players got COVID, so they had to stay overnight. Wow. So Kyrie and KD didn't play, and they still won? Kyrie didn't play. KD didn't play. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the season, and they mm -hmm. definitely still won. But, I mean, Philly had a terrible game, though, like a terrible, terrible game. Wow. Okay. All right, E, what else we got? All right, well, let's talk about Donald Trump. Now, he has finally admitted that he did not win this election, so he won't be serving a second term. He was reading from a teleprompter. He was very somber and monotonous when he gave this speech. And I don't know if he called himself condemning the rioters and the terrorists that went to the Capitol, but he also did tell them that he loves them. Here's what, what he said. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. Mm -hmm. Was he forced to say that? Uh, <laughs> 
First of all, that's 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 what you call too little, too late. You can't be the catalyst of an attempted coup in America. I think five people dead, one police officer, and you wait until after that to concede? No, 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 sir. Donald Trump needs to be arrested. Nothing more, nothing less. Everyone that stormed the Capitol should be arrested, and everyone who encouraged folks to invade the Capitol should be arrested. There's, there's absolutely nothing else folks should be talking about. Nothing. Well, a lot of people in his cabinet has, cabinet had started resigning, as well as people that had been supporting him and working with him. Other people have been considering resigning, and from what people are saying inside the white uh, around the White House is that he actually gave the speech because of people's threats to resign, and they're also talking about impeaching him. Now here he is recognizing finally that he did not win this last election. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. After you done burnt the place down? <laughs> right. Like, stop, oh, man. I, I told y'all yesterday, when attempted coups happen in other countries, they line you up and execute you the same day. So, therefore, there has to be consequences and repercussions for what happened yesterday. This can't just be another headline. This isn't just another slap on the wrist, you know, just chalking it up to Trump and his supporters being crazy. No, examples have to be made. People got to be thrown under the jail. Right. It's interesting that and if they would have just arrested people on the scene, we wouldn't be going through this trying to identify people. Now they're asking for correct. tips for people who were spotted at the Capitol and involved in these riots. But if you would have just arrested them there, we wouldn't have to do this now. 100%. And I don't respect anybody in his administration who's just resigning now. Okay. <laughs> what did you just... What, 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 why did you just come to that conclusion? It's only 12 days left for y'all to be in office. I don't respect that resignation. Knock it off. All right, well, that is you your have a job in 12 days. Y'all can have a job in 12 days anyway. So what, what's the point of resigning? You're just getting an early start on vacation. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open again, 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800 585 1051 We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> good morning. Hey, who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Tim from Long Island. Hey, Tim. Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, what's going on? Uh, so real quick, uh, Charlamagne, you recently on The Brilliant Idiots last night. I watched the episode. Uh, we're talking about uh, fiancés that passed away. My sister's uh, fiance actually passed away a week before Christmas uh, last year, and uh, we're still dealing uh -huh. with the loss. But I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you, Kelly, and I'm proud of you for staying so strong, for being so strong for the family and everybody. And Charlamagne, if you could just send her a little bit of motivation and maybe a copy of your book and just send out a little bit of love, I know she would love that because she loves you. Man, I would love to do that for her, man. I'm sending her positive energy, love, and light, and more, most importantly, healing energy this morning. I'll definitely do that for you. Please, I really do appreciate that. And, you know, he, she's a big fan of you. We listen to you guys every morning. And they're brilliant idiots also, even back when you guys were just on the podcast, not even on YouTube. You know, we were just listening to you guys, not even watching. We really do appreciate you guys. And I appreciate you saying that for her. Well, sorry for your loss, bro. I appreciate that. 
Have you seen Andrew's I'm Church Saves America special on Netflix? Oh, yet? of course. I, listen, I've done nothing but promote that man special. I've worn nothing but the fashion shirt uh, that says just do it yourself because I believe in that model because I've been doing nothing but work myself as well. I respect his hustle. That's one man I idolize. All right. Dope, man. Don't, don't, hang, don't hang up so we can get your address to send us in the book. Hold on, okay? I appreciate that. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Hello, who's this? This is Tanya from Charlotte. Hey, Tanya. Good morning. Get it off your 704. chest. 704. The foe. Yes, I, just want to, I just want to give you guys a big shout-out. I listen to you guys every morning. I'm actually on a roll right now on my way to New York. I want to give a hey. shout-out to my children, my daughter Maya and my son Makai. I love you guys, and have a blessed day. You too. Thank All you right. so much, sir. Travel safe. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's the one and only. It's The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's going on, Envy? It's Rick. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Charlemagne. Rick, what's up? Rick, what's up, King? Happy, happy New Year, brother. Happy, happy New Year to you guys, too, man. Happy Friday. Um, I'm calling about Trump and why we should get him out before um, these, 12, these 12 days are up. Um, if we get him out now and they impeach him, then we ain't got to worry about him four years from now. And God knows I'm tired of hearing his name. I'm tired of all the attention he gets. I just want to get rid of him and get him out of here. But I call for two things, for that and on a lighter note. So, Mike, you got Envy. You're a friend with, friends with Nori. Nori is a friend to room up there at the breakfast club. Can someone Correct. tell him to stop talking up? Stop talking over his guests on Drink Champs. I swear to God, I love Drink Champs so much. But Bro. Nori stepped on every guest. That's part of the show. He's been doing it from the start. Yeah, you can't, you, show. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah that's the no, drink, drink, no. drink, drink chat episodes are like four hours long. He talk. He asked the best. <laughs> he has the he has the best guest, and every time he asks a question, he talks right over them and kills the question. Please. Well, no, well, you well, no, but, but, but that's the beauty of Nori, though. Like, that, that's the beauty of the <laughs> whole Drink him, Champs podcast. Yes. Him, DJ F, and they asked, all in there just he drinking. That's a real good question that you're going to, like, yo, you waited to hear the answer, and then he steps on the person, and the person <laughs> never answered the question, and you were left. Teach him how to interview. One of y'all, teach him nah, how to Nori interview. Well, listen, the problem is when you, when you start drinking, that's just yep. what happens. And that's smoking. part of the fun of the show. It's Drink Champs. That's right. And, and, think, no, and Nori no. don't read the comments on YouTube because everybody says it. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, by the way, even, even if Nori did read the comments on YouTube, he wouldn't care. Drop one of clues bombs for Nori and the drink chat. Yeah, shout out to Nori. What, what podcast is four hours? That's good, but it's good information, man. I, I love doing Nori's podcast. You know what it is? When you do Nori's podcast, it's not an interview. You're sitting down, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're reminiscing about good times, and you just start having a good conversation. So that's Nori, man. And you, and you got to listen to Nori's podcast in parts. You know what I mean? You don't. I don't. I don't listen to it in one sitting. It takes me a couple of days. And, and 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 make sure you can catch the Drink Chance podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network too. All right. Hello, who's this? What up, though? This man from Detroit. What up, though? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, what up, though? Detroit. Man, look, I'm at work like I am every day. I work for the post office, and man, congratulations. Out the White House. I need y'all to make sure we get some type of compensation. We didn't have to deal with these first round of checks and people. Now we had to deal with these ballots and people. Now we got to deal with more checks and people. Like, man, this is ridiculous, dog. And we get no love. And y'all and y'all still haven't gotten the funding y'all needed. 
to get all of that Nothing. done. Yet y'all still so not at the crazy man gone. Man, y'all got a platform. Y'all can talk to anybody at any time. Please do something for us. Uh, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, defund the police and fund the post office. Fund the post, fund the post, defund whoever, but fund the post office, man. What? Yeah, just imagine how we would feel, how we feel when we're not getting our mail. We get so mad, and yeah, that's a difficult and, thing. Yeah, we need that. And mad to have to deal with the people who not yeah. getting these checks that they just not mm-hmm. sending out that they expect to be in their mailbox already. Yeah, I've been seeing right. y'all fighting people, people out there. I've been people trying to swing on y'all for them checks and all that. And I posted a picture yesterday of me in the, uh, me in the post office. And the reason being, if it wasn't for the post office, the post office uh, helped my career with the cash on delivery when I used to do mixtapes. I used to go to the post office with 100 packages and, and send them out. And so I just wanted to, I saluted them yesterday. So, but well, we, we, we appreciate all that you do, bro. Yeah, all right, man. Show me about talking to somebody. Get somebody on here and make them ask some questions about us, man. That's what you can do for us, please. Okay. All right. Let's figure yeah, it out. And next time somebody runs up on you and say, where's my check? You say, man, I was thinking the same damn thing. Where's my check? <laughs> my goodness. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way, ye? Yes, and we are going to be talking about Casanova since we have to shout him out because he's uh, wondering what's up with us. And we told you about him raising money for Bill, but now it doesn't look like they want him to get out of jail. We'll tell you what they're saying about Casanova. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Soho Karen, a.k.a. Maya Ponsetto, has been arrested in California. She's the one who allegedly assaulted the 14-year-old son of Keon Harold, who is a famous jazz musician at a, ha- mm-hmm. a hotel in Soho in Manhattan. And she finally got arrested. You know, she was uh, basically trying to say that she suffers from anxiety, so on and so forth. But she did accuse him of stealing her cell phone at the hotel and tried to attack him and snatch his phone. So... Just keeping you arrested. I'm glad she got arrested, but um, I don't have no faith that she will be convicted. Not after what I saw this week. You know, like the, these folks literally get away with murder. Like mm. literally. <laughs> All right. Now, the Lakers uh, would reportedly like to visit the White House after Joe Biden takes office. So they're very interested in doing that after Joe Biden has been sworn in. So, as you know, LeBron's not a big fan of Donald Trump at all. And a lot of people are saying this visit will only happen if the schedules of the team and Joe Biden's line up for that opportunity. And then obviously have to have those COVID-19 protocols. Well, the only reason the Lakers need an invitation is because they're black. When when you're when you're white in America, you can just you can just run it, you can just storm it without without an invite. All right, Michelle Obama, she also has talked about these pro-Trump riots, and she shared her thoughts on everything that happened at the Capitol, and she talks about the massive difference between how police handled that situation compared to the demonstrations that happened last summer where Black Lives Matter. She said, it left me with so many questions, questions about the future, questions about security, extremism, propaganda, and more, but there's one question I just can't shake. What if these rioters had looked like the folks who go to Ebenezer Baptist Church every Sunday? What would have been different? I think we all know the answer. This summer's Black Lives Matter protests were an overwhelmingly peaceful movement, our nation's largest demonstrations ever, bringing together people of every race and class and encouraging millions to reexamine their own assumptions and behavior. And yet, in city after city after day, we saw, day after day, we saw peaceful protesters met with brute force. Mm. So 
She did a whole letter. You guys should um, check that out where she talks about yeah. the terrorists that uh, attacked the Capitol on uh, earlier. I, I wonder I wonder if our former first lady, uh, our forever first lady, I wonder if she still thinks we should go high. When they go low, we go high. Sounds like a strategy to get killed at this point. When they go low, you got to go to the mat with them. I, that's, that's my personal opinion. All right, now let's talk about Casanova. He's been trying to get out of jail on bail right now, and he raised $2.5 million, but right now they are not trying to let him go. Now, according to a new court filing that the feds uh, have, have filed, they said that he has access to numerous firearms, dealt large amounts of weed for the Gorilla Stone Bloods gang, and they said he should remain in jail while awaiting his trial. So they also have images from his phone, and they're showing an assault rifle, an assortment of handguns, and a rifle. And they said his text messages revealed his branded marijuana served as a revenue stream for the Gorilla Stone Bloods. That's what the feds are charging right now. So it doesn't look too hopeful that he'll be able to get out. But a judge does still have to rule on his request for bail. He is facing a minimum sentence of 15 years and a maximum of life if he is convicted. And, and just on a side note, Shout out to Casanova. On a side note, if you have something in your phone, whether it's a picture and you think that you have a code and they can't get through your code, you know they can get through your code to see what's in your phone. Oh, please. For everybody out there. No, a lot of people don't. Like, you know, somebody somebody stole my car and the reason they got caught was they had a picture of it in in their phone. And I guess they thought because they had a password. Look, the police can go to anybody's phone, Mm -hmm. password or not. Just just so you know that. So if you put something funny on your phone, they'll get to it. That's why I laugh at these uh, people when they say things like they don't want to take the vaccine because they're going to put tracking devices in you. What the hell you think your phone is? They already got tabs on you. They know exactly every, they know every move you're making and how you're moving it. Knock it off. All right, now let's talk about Deb Antney. You know her, uh, of course, as Waka Flocka's mom, a manager extraordinaire. She's on Growing Up Hip Hop. Well, one thing, uh, you could tell they've been filming this way in advance. Uh, So on the premiere episode of this new season, she talks about her support for Donald Trump. I'm getting into politics a little bit more now than I've ever gotten into it. I mean, to ask you about that, too, you down for Trump? Right, yes. Really? You pro-Trump? So, huh? You pro-Trump? Yeah. Uh, Why? What is up with that? Because what you see is what you get. He could be ghetto. He could be everything it is that people say. I don't know why we beefing with it, because that's how the hell we do And everybody beefing with it. That man is who he is, and there's no hidden agenda. I mean, that just because you know who someone is doesn't mean that that you know person isn't a threat to your absolute existence. I mean, or that they should be a president. Person keep, a person can keep it real and still get you killed. Yeah, that, that don't mean that he should run the country. All right. Well, should be interesting to watch. And, you know, again, that's one thing that didn't age well. So clearly they filmed this in advance. I'm Angela Yee, and that yeah, is your yeah, report. Kind of dated material at this point. They should kind of mm-hmm. edit that. Don't you think? Or do a reshoot. This is... That's dated material. When when is that show premiere? It just did. Yeah, oh, it's already good. out. Oh, so it's not the first dated. episode. That's president. just the first episode. That's just the I'm first premiere this episode week? of the season. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's still president. It makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we got front page news next. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, let's talk about Joe Biden and what he has to say about everything that's happening right now about the Capitol, Donald Trump, and all of that. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. But it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. It's time for Front Page News. 
Yes, let's talk about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. They called yesterday for the immediate removal of Donald Trump after the breach of the Capitol by all of the rioters that he incited on Wednesday. Here is what Pelosi had to say. In calling for this seditious act, president has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation and our people. I joined the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the vice president to remove this president by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the vice president and the cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. I don't see what's the point in any of that with him being out of the White House in, in the next 13 days. Yeah, I'm with you. Somebody, has to, explain, somebody, somebody has to explain that logic to me. I don't it don't that. make sense to me either. So he got, what, 12 days left? Like, 12 let's get low and then drag his ass out. Right. I mean, and the way that Donald Trump's ego works, I'm sure that would just be the ultimate blow to him, though, because everything that he does is very self-serving. So I'm sure... Why would he be? He's already been impeached. And that's the other thing we keep saying we need to impeach him. Uh, he's been impeached already. Impeach again. All right, now let's talk about Joe Biden and what he had to say about these rioters at the Capitol. Here is uh, Joe Biden. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionist, domestic terrorist. It's that basic, it's that simple. And I wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. Joe Biden also said what we all already know. Listen to this. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. Man, folks like Joe Biden have sat back and watched this type of racial injustice happen for years in this country. And now he's saying things like he hopes this woke people up to what's going on and what we have to do. Like, knock it off, Joseph. Like, just yesterday he said this wasn't America. And now he's basically saying this is America. Stop it. Okay, stop stating the obvious and, and, and using words like unacceptable for a situation like this. That's a weak word to use right now. When they get your order wrong at Chick-fil-A, that's unacceptable. This was treason, an attempted coup, something Bro. folks get executed for in other countries. Did Joe call for any arrest yesterday? Is he talking about getting the president locked up? Is he talking about locking up any of the, 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 the domestic terrorists, the members of Vanilla ISIS and Al Cracker that was wilding at the Capitol? Did he talk about that? Bro, they well, never the get FBI... your order wrong at Chick-fil-A. I just want to put that out there, by the way. But go ahead. No, they, no. Yeah. Every, every now... Listen, I agree with you, but every now and then on very rare occasions, and that's why it's unacceptable. Okay. The, the FBI is seeking information on people who did storm the Capitol. They're asking for the public to help identify those individuals who were, quote, actively instigating violence. You had in them. Washington, you had them all. You could have just arrested them. You had them right there. You walked them out. You had them right there. There was one and picture the I way, seen you held, you, held a, you held a lady's hand and helped her down the stairs. You had by them way, all. Just go on, uh, by the way, just go on Instagram. The guy, Richard Barnett from Arkansas, that broke into uh, Nancy Pelosi's office and stole her mail, he's been doing interviews, all right? He had his feet up on Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's desk. He's been doing, he, he literally tried to get booked on The Breakfast Club. Okay, I'm lying. But my hey, point yo, is, like, he's been trying, he's been, <laughs> he's been doing interviews. Like, his name is Richard Barnett. How, did, how IG can find him before the FBI? Stop, man. It's all BS. 
Well, right now, the FBI is accepting tips and digital media, including photos and videos. <laughs> oh, my and God. Go on my Instagram page. Follow Sean King, FBI. Follow Sean King. You will get all the information you need. Jeez. Right now, as of last night, the police made 52 arrests, including four for carrying pistols without a license and one for possession of a prohibited weapon. And they said 26 of those 52 arrests were made on Capitol grounds. Go lock up Just, Richard Barnett, all all them other members of Vanilla Isis and Al Cracker, and go arrest uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and all of those people for conspiracy. It's so amazing to me that they can come through hoods of America and, you know, the FBI can lock up multiple people, hit folks with conspiracy charges that didn't have anything to do with nothing, just was standing next to a person, but they can't do that in this situation? Come on. Uh, now, a U.S. Capitol Police officer also died from injuries that he suffered while reportedly being struck in the head with a fire extinguisher during <laughs> the riots on, on Wednesday. Brian D. Sicknick is his name. He collapsed when he returned to his office and he was taken to the hospital and he died yesterday. Come on now. Blue Lives Matter. All right? Blue Lives Matter. You had members of Al-Qaeda, Al-Cracker, and Vanilla ISIS kill a cop. Why are they not under the jail right now? You mean to tell me there's no, there's no cameras in the Capitol building? They can't identify these people? They can. And the Capitol Police Come Chief on, has man. also resigned after criticism over the whole mob that took oh, over yeah, the he should have resigned. And that one black officer, he should get a, a, some type of raise. That one black officer that was fighting off all of them by himself, running back and forth, swinging his club. And, yeah, no. he should get a, he should get no, a, no, 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 no. He's no, he no, by he himself. Why not? He's you by himself against get, 30 people you know and why still. You know why, why? You know why he shouldn't he get no raise? Because he ain't, he ain't raised his gun and let that hammer fly. All right. Okay. If that was a mob of black people, whether that cop was black or white, he'd have pulled out his gun and got to busting. He thought twice because he saw all of them white folks coming at him. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. I mean, I'm from Page News. Now, question. The officer that, uh, that shot the lady, was he black? Because people said he was black. Do we know? I have no idea. I don't even know if that was a police officer. I don't want to confirm or deny well, anything. Secret service agent, they said. Mm, all right. Well, Secret Just Service agents, they, they, shoot to, they shoot to kill. You can't even get close. As soon as you get close to uh, the president or the vice president, if they tell you back away one time and you don't, pow! That's your ass, Mr. Postman. Damn. Not the all right. Now, People are great. that's front page. And women. Now, when we come back, Stephen A. Smith will be joining us. We'll kick it with Stephen A. Smith. He got a, a new show. Uh, we're going to be talking sports and a whole bunch of everything. So don't move. Stephen A. Smith, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Stephen A. Smith. The other day, I'm, I'm watching basketball like I always do, and, and I'm seeing people not appreciate Steph Curry. Or, or do people for, forget what Steph Curry has done for the league and how he changed the they forget. league? They forget. They don't. They don't realize that I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. He's the greatest shooter man has ever seen. I agree. The other day, he was in practice. He hit 105 straight three-pointers. That's crazy. And so when you look at Steph Curry, and I, and I explained this to Allen Iverson just about two weeks ago, because they would talk about Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, who I love. Damian Lillard averaged 30 last year and shot 40% from three-point range. It was the first time in his career he did that. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that Steph Curry shot better than 40% from three-point range for the first 10 years of his career? That's crazy. First 10 years. And I'm like, and I say, AI. The brother moves. It's bad enough he can shoot from anywhere, but he moves without the ball better than most. And he has a better handle than anybody that can shoot nearly as well as he could shoot in the career. He is the greatest shooter mankind has ever seen.
I want to I want to expound on Envy's question because we was debating this over the holidays. You know, we had the Magic Bird era. The Pistons kind of disrupted that, winning two championships. Then it was absolutely the Michael Jordan era. Then it was the Kobe Shaq era, the Spurs era. When we look back over the last say decade of basketball, who would you say this era belonged to? Now I know you're going to say LeBron, but mm-hmm. is it fair to say this is the LeBron Curry era, the way it was the Bird Magic era? I think it's fair. And the only reason, I I think it's fair only from the standpoint that Curry's got three rings, five straight trips to the finals, and and, and three of those times he beat LeBron. That's right. Here's my caveat, only for that reason. Back-to-back MVPs don't count? Only unanimous Mm -hmm. MVP in NBA history? (laughs) You know, because LeBron was right there. Here's where LeBron gets it. You go to nine straight NBA finals. You've been to 10 finals in the last 11 years. And it's three different teams. And it's with the eye of the storm placed on your shoulder. See, we don't talk about it enough, but y'all can appreciate this. LeBron growing up in Akron, being relatively poor and fatherless, having the trials and tribulations, the struggles, and building himself into what he is, is an entirely different story than you being Steph Curry, light-skinned, good-looking brother, smaller, so people identify with you more. Because you look at LeBron, everybody can't be 6'9", 260. But you can be 6'3", you know, 180. You see what I'm saying? And you grow up uh, in a well-to-do and an affluent lifestyle because your bro- your father was an NBA player. Um, beautiful family, North Carolina, comfort zone, all of that stuff. Some of the trials and tribulations, some of the, some of the adversity that other dudes face, you didn't have to endure. So there's a level of comfort that you capitalized off of that may have assisted in your ascension. LeBron came from the gutter and rose to unparalleled heights. And that's the difference, and that's why we can't ignore that this is the LeBron era. Now, now let me ask. I know you're a Knicks fan. Yeah. Knicks are pretty good. Knicks are doing all right right now. So far. Let's, let's look at New York. What do you think about the Knicks, and what do you think about uh, Yee's Brooklyn Nets? Well, first of all, I already heard heard what he thought. (laughs) The Knicks are playing with house money. Um, We don't expect anything from them. (laughs) They look not a damn thing because uh, they've been sorry for too long. But Worldwide West, William Wesley, that's my man. We go back years. Uh, Scott Perry being an African-American serving as their GM. Thank God they didn't let him go when they let Steve Mills go as president of the team. And then Tom Thibodeau is an exceptional coach. And he's going to have you playing hard and he's going to have you defending. And the fact that the New York Knicks are devoid of a bona fide star means they got to use their bench. So you got a constant rotation of like 9, 10, 11 players sometimes being used, which means they got fresh legs and they can defend and really go after you. That's what we're seeing right now. We'll see how long that lasts. But as far as I'm concerned, if they finish 500 at 36 and 36 with a 72-game season, I'd love that. The Brooklyn Nets, Angela, are a different matter. Anything less than a trip to the NBA Finals is unacceptable. I agree. Kevin Durant is one of the top two players on the planet. I don't give a damn what anybody says. And Kyrie Irving is an absolute showstopper. He's box office. Got the nastiest handle in basketball, can finish the basket, can shoot. The brother is special. Those two in the Eastern Conference should be enough. But they also have Karis LeVert, who can ball. Mm-hmm. And the Joe Harris's and the Jared Allen's of the world, these guys can contribute to something. I love the pickup of Jeff Green. 
I didn't like Steve Nash as the coach. I like Steve Nash as a person, and but but I had a problem, and I called it white privilege when he got the job. I don't know of a black man that has never coached on any level that would get that job. I didn't say a coaching job. Mark Jackson never coached Doc Rivers hadn't coached at the time. You know, there's been others. Derek Fisher hadn't coached at the time. We get that. They didn't get that job. But right now, the reason I bring it up is because they're talking about Steve Nash. They're talking about the team's a little bit soft. They're talking about they got some woes to consider because they don't play good defense, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you had a coach with more experience, that might not be an issue. Mm. Let me ask you a question, Stephen A. Do you ever stop and say to yourself, I am the face of ESPN? Like when people think ESPN, they think Stephen A. Smith. Like that's a hell of a position for a black man to be in. I think about it a little bit now because of the check that I get. <laughs> the fact that I got that new contract. All right, but I never, I never wanted to hear that prior to my last contract because my attitude is I ain't getting paid like it. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Y'all can go to that nonsense all y'all want to, but these people ain't paying me what I deserve, what I earn, the money that I, the revenue that I generate, the money that I bring in, et cetera, et cetera. But after this new contract, it's safe to say I can't really say that now. <laughs> so, so, so because of that, I, I have to change my tune just a touch and, and recognize the fact that, you know, I, I'm the face of ESPN. But what I'm most proud of is that they've never asked me to compromise something I would never compromise, and that's my blackness. Um, and, and, and for me, you know, I pride myself. I'm not just a black man. I'm a brother. Regardless of, of what people want to say and how they want to come at me, I tell folks all the time, you can't find a brother that does what we do, that can ever, a brother or sister that can ever say, I didn't try to help us along the way. I make sure to address diversity issues. I make sure that with my show, there's going to be diversity on the show. My boss is black. My executive producer, my number two is black. He's Rashawn McDonald, used to work with Steve Harvey. Yeah, I know Rashawn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's my number two guy. He's the, he's my, he's my, I, I brought him on board. He works for me under my production arm, stuff like that. Oh, I made sure. all this money and making all these moves. Okay, I get it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, bro, I'm coming for you too. I'm not, I'm not playing because I, I just, I, I want to be the guy that's a, that, that serves as a conduit, like I said earlier, to make sure that voices other than myself contribute to my voice. I don't want to be the only one that's heard. I want to show. Showcase. I, I I want I I want to hear when Charlemagne calls me, gives me the donkey of the day or the donkey of the week award. I want to know why. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear stuff like that. Don't bother me. I'm like, okay, you know, I you know, iron sharpens iron. We correct one another. That's the kind of stuff that's important to me. It's always been important to me. And now I'm in a better position to make it happen. I'm, obviously, there's people that I answer to. I have bosses, uh, but I'm not just a talent. I'm a boss now, and so I try to make things happen. You bet on sports a lot? Like, were you betting on this? I never NFL? bet. I never bet you on bet sports. At all? No, I never bet on sports, ever. Say, for example, I bet on LeBron to win the finals, and then he go out and, and mess up. Say if I bet on J.R. Smith and then he forget that the score is tied or something like that. And I go off. People, <laughs> people come off. Or people come at me like, man, you just going off because you lost your money. You lost money. No, I don't do that. I don't, I don't give that kind of ammunition to anybody like that. I'm on the up and up with all of that. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Stephen A. Smith. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Stephen A. Smith. Is James Harden a crybaby? People are saying that James Harden is a crybaby. What are your thoughts on nah, James? I don't, I don't, I don't view James Harden that way. I got a lot of love for James Harden. I think that what, here's what we have to appreciate about James Harden. James Harden shows up, bro. He gets busy. Now, he, came, he came into this season. Let, let's call let's call it what it is. He looked fat. He looked fat. He looked about 12, 15 pounds overweight. No training camp, no preseason, and dropped 44 game one. You see what I'm saying? Now, that's entirely different than the Wayne Haskins, quarterback for the Washington football team. You know, you got strippers coming in, and, you know, you during the middle of the week, you're supposed to be the quarterback of the team. You've been stinking up the joint, and then you stink up the joint that Sunday after it happens. No wonder your ass got cut. James Harden doesn't do that. He's mad when he ain't playing 35, 40 minutes a night. He's never engaged in load management. So we have to take that into consideration. What he was saying is that I'm not in a winning situation. Our window in Houston is closed. Get me up out of here, man. Don't leave me here to carry this when you know we don't have what we needed. The problem is he had a lot to do with that. He wanted Dwight Howard, then he didn't want him. He wanted CP3, then he didn't want him. Matter of fact, he walked into the offices of the Rockets. That night, they lost. And they lost in game six. He walked into the offices with the owner, with the GM. He said, I want CP3 out of here. They got CP3 out of there. They got your boy Westbrook. And then y'all didn't want to play together either. They still boys. They still tight, but they didn't want to play together, right? Because Westbrook didn't want to stand around and play the role of spectator watching, you know, James Harden dribble all day. What I'm saying is they gave you what you wanted. So I do understand when people want to come at him. What I would say is that this is one of the most prolific offensive players we've ever seen who never cheats us. He shows up and he shows out. And I'm going to give you your props and your respect because you do that. What team do you see him on this year? I thought, I thought he needed to go to Brooklyn or Philly because I didn't think there was anywhere else for him to go where he'd be a title contender. Because obviously with the money he's making, you got to give up assets in order to get him because the CBA rules, the collective bargaining rules, call for your salaries to fall within 85% of one another. So you can't trade a $40 million player for somebody making five. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Unless they got significant money under the cap, which most teams do not. And so as a result of that, you look at Philadelphia, him with Embiid and the rest of their crew, yeah. But right now, Doc Rivers got them looking like the best team in basketball. They got the best record in basketball. In Brooklyn, I personally believe the only chance you have to beat LeBron this year in L.A. with Anthony Davis is for James Harden to join KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn. Otherwise, Brooklyn will lose to L.A. in the finals or, you know, or, or they won't get there. But you know, basketball to go around if that happens. Kyrie already taking more shots than KD. I agree. I agree. I agree. But I, I'm talking about chances. I'm saying they will have to modify that because already it's a problem in Brooklyn. You can't have Kyrie shooting more than KD. Now, KD's efficient, so it don't matter. Because even though Kyrie's taking three more shots than a game than him, he's still averaging two points more than Kyrie. All I'm saying is the chance of beating LeBron. I can't see Brooklyn or anybody else knocking off Anthony Davis and LeBron James in a finals appearance without James Harden. Got you. I know you got to get up out of here. My final question, do, do you have a desire for for people to see who you are beyond the sports? Yeah, to some degree. Um, only from the standpoint that, you know, uh, uh, again, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to be somebody that's just about sports. You know, when people, when I remember when, and I told, and I tell, you know, my white bosses this a lot of times. I've said this to them a lot of times. 
white folks come to work with a job to do every day. We come with a responsibility. What I mean by that is I remember when Trayvon Martin got shot, I'm walking down the streets and black folks walking up to me, Stephen A, you got to touch on this. Stephen A, you got to say this. That wasn't a sports story, but they said it was necessary. And then when the Miami Heat put on their hoodies, they really said, you got to touch on this. Now I was going to anyway, but they were telling me that. White folks don't hear that. You don't see white folks going up to other white folks saying that you got to do it. So understanding that black folks feel that way, why do they feel that way? It's not because of me. It's because of the position that I'm in. I have a platform that most of us don't have. And so what they're doing is calling upon me to bring light and to bring attention to things just the same way you might ask, ask an athlete to, if not more so. Now, with the athlete, you're asking them to say something and be active in that regard. With me, you're not only asking me to say something, you're asking me to be that conduit for others to speak as well, to make sure that I provide the platform for others that need to be heard to be heard. And I take that role very, very seriously. I don't feel compelled to agree with any damn body and say what I don't feel. But I do feel compelled to make sure that even if you disagree with me, if you speak for a vast majority of us, you need to be heard. And so what I try to do is make sure that I do that. And in that regard, that's where I look at myself beyond the world of sports, using sports to extend myself beyond it, to address more deeper issues, enlightening myself, educating myself, either by reading more, watching more, learning more, but more importantly, connecting myself with people I know know stuff, so they will educate me as well. And I had one question too. I wanted to ask about LeBron purchasing, putting together a team to purchase the Atlanta team. What do you think that could do for the WNBA? And how do we uplift the WNBA more so that they can make more money, get more endorsements, more people watch? I love it because I think that Le LeBron is pretty brilliant with a lot of the things that he does. Um, and obviously he's conscientious. And I think him owning a WNBA team is more about getting it away from uh, Leffler the Senate figure that just lost in Georgia to Warnock. So I think that's what it's about for him more so than anything else. And I applaud his position on that. What I would say is this though, and I'll say this respectfully to all of those females out there, you know, the fellas, we got NBA, we got NFL, we got major league baseball, we got the boxing, we got the UFC, we got all of that. These women have been out there busting their tail for years, trying to make the WNBA into something. Last time I checked, when you are successful in terms of ingratiating yourself with the average consumer out there, you usually are successful because you found a way to ingratiate yourself with that female audience. For some reason, females are not supporting the WNBA enough because if they were, the WNBA would be far more successful than it is. So rather than folks talking about what the WNBA needs, how about the WNBA highlighting in the eyes of women out there, excuse me, we need all the support we can get from y'all because when females step up and support you, you win. I agree. I'm on it. Steven, we appreciate you for checking in. Stephen A. Smith, thank you for checking in, brother. Thank you. That new show starts when? Start the Stephen A.'s World debuts Monday, this Monday, January 11th. On right. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you so much. Appreciate y'all. Y'all take care. I'm all right, it's the Breakfast Club with Stephen A. Smith. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Gee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk. Hove. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee oh. on the Breakfast Club.
Well, yesterday, Jay-Z spoke at the OTC Markets Cannabis Investor Conference. And here's what he had to say, because, you know, he has his own line of, of uh, cannabis, monogram cannabis brand. And here's Jay-Z. You know, this space is very complicated, as you guys um, know. Black and brown people were affected by this cannabis industry in large proportions, you know, while at the same time not being allowed to participate. I guess uh, micro you know, numbers better, like 6%, I think. They're very small numbers. So the idea was to create a brand, create a house of brands, and create opportunity for those um, that were negatively impacted by um, this prohibition area. So what they're trying to do is have the largest portfolio of cannabis brands and other things that are affiliated with cannabis and make sure that uh, black and brown people are involved in that. Yeah, That's I think dope, it's a, it's a huge business. It's a huge business. There's a lot of African-Americans and black people trying to get into that business. Hopefully, you know, they, they will allow us to and, and take off some of those high stipulations that they have. I mean, like, the, the amount of assets that they want you to have is ridiculous. The amount of a lot of things... The regulations that they want you to, to do to have that company or to have a grow house is ridiculous. So hopefully but I do uh, like the, they'll open that up a little bit more. Yeah, and I just love the fact that, you know, guys like Hove and, you know, there's, there's other companies out there like, you know, Raekwon, the chef with Citizens Grown, who are just giving back to the people who were impacted the most because of the war on drugs, giving them opportunities to, you know, make money in the cannabis business. That's big. Mm -hmm. All right, now Elon Musk has passed Jeff Bezos. He is now the richest man in the world. And that is because the increase in Tesla's share price pushed him past that. Jeff Bezos has been the richest person since 2017. Right now he's currently worth about $184 billion. But Elon Musk's car company, Tesla, hit $750 billion for the first time on Wednesday. So Tesla is worth more than Toyota, Volkswagen, Hyundai, GM, and Ford combined. Wow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad on being number two on that list, though. I, you know, that's a great list to be number two on. Yeah, number two. Be I'll be top ten. ten. <laughs> yeah. I'll be still kill the damn. Be top twenty. Nobody cares about number two. Please. All right. Now no losers the on that list. Nope was arrested yesterday and they're saying that he was reportedly arrested on weapons charges in Beverly Hills. They said he was leaving the Montclair store on Rodeo Drive and he and three other men were surrounded by the police just as they were about to drive off in their black SUV. There's video of it. And according to reports, they're saying that he did have a loaded firearm. That's what he was taken into custody for, which is a misdemeanor. He's already out though and he did already post in the studio still on time for the meeting. So... Looks like he made it out immediately. Yeah, there's right. absolutely positively no reason for the good brother, the baby, to be uh, carrying a firearm. his own firearms. Mm -hmm. He's got mad money. You can he afford security. security. Mm -hmm. And I, by the way, I don't know if he had the firearm on him, you know, in, in this situation, but I'm just saying I hope not because he, he got security. All right, now let's talk about Clubhouse because it goes down on Clubhouse. All kinds of secrets are told. Well, my guy Daz was on there from the Dog Pound, and he was talking about why Snoop and Eminem might have some issues. Here's what Daz had to say. When I was talking to Snoop one time, he said that he asked Eminem and them to get on his song, you know, like to get on his album, and they told him no. And Snoop felt some type of way, like, I did all this and all that. And they tell me no. And, you know, Snoop like, no, nobody tell me no. But Eminem probably didn't even know that Snoop asked to do a song. That probably was Paul Rosenberg saying no. So he took it personal. They took it personal. 
as he should have. He should have took I, it personal. As much as Snoop did for, for all of them and helped them, yeah, and I asked you to get on my album, you told me no, I would take it personal yeah, too. Yeah, but... But I understand what Dads is saying because he might not have spoken directly. You know how sometimes you go through a person to get to the person, through another person, and then the artist you wanted to... Because uh, I, I can't imagine Eminem saying no to Snoop. Just yeah, personally, like, I don't way. think he would. So it could be that he didn't even know. Snoop ain't got to go through 20 either people way. to get to Eminem, no? Exactly. Mm. But, but, but either way, why the hell is Eminem so sensitive? Eminem would get on records and say what he want about people for years. But as soon as Snoop says, you know, M's not in his top ten, and Snoop was objective. Snoop said, yo, M is in a lot of people's top ten. He's just not in mine. Well, did that really warrant some I don't think that's what he was upset Zeus? about because he, Eminem said he wasn't him yeah, saying he said it was his top tone. 10, that's Mr. fine. Have you, no, I think it was because he said him? I could live. I think it was because he said he could live without him or something like that. Eminem has killed so many pop artists in his music. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's talking about people not living, not living without people. He's killed so many pop artists in his music. But Why is I he think so it's sensitive he about the situation? I think it's because he thought they were cool with each other. It's different when it's somebody you don't uh, care about and they say something about uh, you, but if you like, damn, where did that man. come from? I'm sure Snoop thought they were cool too. When Snoop asked him before to be on the album, and they said no. I mean, we you heard like what Snoop Dad tone. said though. He thinks it was a misunderstanding. He probably Eminem might not have even known. But that even if it was Rosenberg, that's his manager. That's his right-hand man. Like, should be the same thing. We just, Eminem, right? we just don't know I, what I happened. It could have been a misunderstanding. I'll say this. Eminem must be tone deaf then, because he hasn't heard his own tone <laughs> over the years if you don't like somebody's tone all of a sudden. Like, come on, you're Eminem, man. Knock it off. I mean, if he felt a way about it, he could be honest and say it. I think that's fine, right? But don't yeah, you think so that's a little we're... hypocritical? Especially but being if... that he's said what he's wanted about people for years. I mean, I think if you cool with somebody and then they say that about you and it comes out of nowhere and you're like, damn, where did that come from? It's probably different than if it's somebody you don't know or mess with. But anyway, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, who you giving your donkey to? You know, uh, I'm giving donkey of the day to members of Al Cracker and Vanilla Isis. I know yesterday I gave America donkey of the day, but today I'm doing my civic duty and we have to help, help the FBI identify some of these fools, okay? I'm just going to do my, my job this morning. That's all. We'll okay, so snitching is okay today, right? Just I'm a being civilian. clear, yes. I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a civilian. Okay. I've never had a problem. <laughs> I'm for real. I, I, know you, I know you mad because we said something about Eminem, yee, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a civilian. I'm fine. So I'm, I'm just fine. asking a question. When, when, I just want to make sure something, for everybody something. out there, it's okay. Charlamagne said, I'm for real. I'm telling on everything. That's now right. Especially, especially on these uh, members of our crack and vanilla ISIS. Absolutely. Because they would do it to us in a heartbeat. All right. Donkey, the day's up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Yes, donkey of the day for Friday, January 8th goes to members of Al Cracker and Vanilla Isis. Now, I know I gave America donkey of the day yesterday for what happened at the Capitol building, but this morning I am performing my civilian duties. I am a six-figure tax-paying citizen in this country, and I am about to do something that the good brother Pharrell would proudly do, and uh, that's I'm not a yes, tough guy, bro. Okay. I don't I'm play it really, yet, Drum. I'm, really... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not finished. Oh, what the hell's wrong with y'all? Sorry, this sorry, I got excited. Okay. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sure y'all heard Pharrell on Drink Champs with NORE and DJ F in a couple of weeks ago. Drop on the clues bomb for Drink Champs. If you haven't heard the conversation, make sure you go check out that episode on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, can we play a little clip of what Pharrell had to say, Dramos? I'm not a tough guy, bro. I... I'm a really, I really believe in paying taxes because when you pay taxes, <laughs> you shouldn't feel no kind of way right. dialing 911. <laughs> I'm snitching. Uh, Pharrell, I'm with you. That's not snitching, by the way. You aren't a criminal and you aren't committing crimes with any of these people, okay? And I've told y'all before, I have no problem seeing something and saying something simply because I am not in the street. As I just said, I am a six-figure tax-paying citizen who has read enough Spider-Man comics and watched enough Spider-Man movies to know that if Peter Parker had stopped that guy who robbed the dude who didn't pay him after that wrestling match, uh, Uncle Ben would still be alive today. Okay, see what your Uncle Charlotte is using Marvel Comics to explain to you is when you see something and don't say something, you just keep recycling that something in your communities, and eventually that something will come back to bite you. That's just the way it is, okay? That person that you don't tell on for committing a heinous crime will eventually do a heinous crime on you or someone you love, period. So with that said, I was reading an article on CNBC. And the FBI is requesting help from the public to identify U.S. Capitol rioters. Their words, not mine. Yes, the FBI is demanding help to find those domestic terrorists, those members of our cracker and vanilla ISIS, because apparently when it comes to them, all of a sudden the FBI can't get into their Facebook and Instagram accounts. When it comes to indicting rappers and PPP scammers, the FBI stands for Facebook and Instagram, but apparently now they need the public's help identifying people. I literally know who some of these members of Vanilla ISIS and Al Cracker are because of social media. <laughs> All right? FBI, don't act like you don't follow Sean King. You've been monitoring Sean King for some time now. And that man has found enough crackers in the past 24 hours that he could feed Polly and any other parrot for a month. So FBI, if you're not following, allow me, Charlemagne the God, to do my civic duty and give you some names of the members of Al Cracker and Vanilla ISIS. It's incredible to me that the FBI I posted on Twitter and Facebook to help in identifying the Capitol Hill terrorists when all these domestic terrorists are on social media incriminating themselves like they got an album coming out. Okay? Now, the first owl cracker ass clout chaser is Jenny Cud. Listen to her. We did break down Nancy Pelosi's office door and uh, somebody stole her gavel. Uh, took a picture sitting in the chair, <gasps> flipping off the camera, <gasps> and that was on Fox <gasps> News. Patriots got <gasps> down on the floor and were sitting in the House members in the senator's chair. Jenny Cud, admission of guilt. Second uh, owl crack ass cloud chaser is Thomas Barini. Listen to him. Yeah, I'm Thomas Barani from New Jersey. Can you show us your hand? Yeah. How did you get that on your hand? Well, we had uh, stormed into the, the chambers inside, and there was a young lady who rushed through the windows. A number of police and Secret Service mm. were saying, get back. They shot her in the neck. Mm. FBI, are you listening? We just getting started. Uh, this member of Vanilla ISIS is Josiah Cote. Listen to him. I just got in the Capitol building. I was the first one. I hopped down into the chamber, and I was the first one to sit. <laughs> and Nancy Pelosi, that bitch, her, her she's, she's a traitor. She's treasonous. 
FBI, I don't know how you missed this one. Uh, Derek Evans, he is a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates. Did you hear me? He is a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates, a West Virginia lawmaker, and he participated in this home invasion of the U.S. Capitol. I've seen CNN, the New York Times, NBC News, CBS News, USA Today, the Washington Post, and a list of others. All these outlets identify this man, but the FBI can't. Listen to Derek Evans as, 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 as he talks about Al Cracker storming the United States Capitol. The door's cracked. They're in, they're in, they're in. Let's go. Keep it moving, baby. We're in, baby. We did it! <laughs> FBI, come on now. Last time y'all had it this easy picking people up and identifying folks was when y'all locked up Treyway, okay, with the help of federal informant Daniel Hernandez. Now, you know who else you can grab? Uh, Paul Davis, a Texas lawyer who got fired for being at the U.S. Capitol. Oh, he was live streaming on Instagram. Listen to him. All we're doing is demanding that our public officials audit the vote, audit the Dominion machines, audit the ballots. There's a way to do it. We can solve this in two days. If this was a legitimate election, then let us inspect it. And, let, and if it's if Biden won, let's all go on with our lives. Now, my our producer, Dan, drop on the clues bombs for Dan. Dan found all that audio. He don't work for the FBI. All he got is Google, <laughs> okay? Now, the rest of the people I'm going to name, they don't have any audio to that, that we found. But this one is very important. I need, I need this next member of Vanilla ISIS locked up today. All right? His name is Richard Barnett, a.k.a. Osama bin Racist. All right? <laughs> he is the one who was in House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet on the desk. He was the one who was posing with Nancy Pelosi's mail. He's from Arkansas. He broke into Nancy Pelosi's office. Uh, he stole her mail. And he's not in prison. FBI, what's up? What's happening? Okay, you need help. I'm giving you all the help you need. You know we got more people. There's a Florida fireman named Andrew Williams. All right, the dude who was in the Viking costume, who looks like he wanted a career as the Times Square naked cowboy but didn't have enough gas in his pickup truck to make it to the big city. His name was Jake Angeli. <laughs> and, oh, the guy who stole the podium, his name is Adam Johnson. He's a father of five. He's 36 years old, and he's from Parrish, Florida. What does your Uncle Shala always tell you about people in Florida? It doesn't even matter right now. The moral of the story is... Lock them up. I'm telling you right now, do you need me to take the stand? Do you need me to come to court and start identifying people? I'm not Tariq St. Patrick. I'm Nino Brown, okay? And I'm not guilty. Al Crack is the one that's guilty. This thing is bigger than Charlemagne the God. We talking Hellman's huge. Jars and jars of man-age. Lock them up for treason, for staging an attempted coup. Give them all the mandatory 10-year minimum Trump said he would give folks under the recently enacted Statue and Monuments Act. I encourage everyone can hear my voice. This is your Uncle Charlotte talking, okay? This is Lenard, all right? The FBI needs our help. They are accepting tips in digital media depicting rioting or violence in and around the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Well, I want anyone who can hear my voice to call 1-800-CALL-FBI. That's 1-800-CALL-FBI. If you need the number because you can't read, 1-800-225- Five three two four. That's one eight hundred two two five five three two four. Or how about we just have a petty party with a purpose on the FBI's Twitter and FBI's Instagram? Send them all the names and pictures you can on both their Instagram and Twitter. The handle is simple. It's at FBI. Send them all the pics you find, all the names, and make sure you use the hashtag Owlcracker or Vanilla ISIS. Go. 
Do that right now. That's our job all weekend until they start locking these members of our cracker and vanilla ISIS up. We have to get these guys off the street because if they would do that to the Capitol, they would do that anywhere. As long as folks like that are on the street, none of us are safe. And in the words of Chris Rock, I ain't scared of Al-Qaeda. I'm scared of Al-Cracker. Please let Kathy Griffin give all these members of Vanilla Isis and Al-Cracker the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Goodness run. gracious. Do your jobs. Run. Do your jobs. The handle is simple. It's at FBI. Send them all the pics and all the names you can find since they're having so much trouble identifying these members of Vanilla Isis and Al-Cracker. You should play blow the whistle after this one, boy. Woo! Good job, Charlemagne. Great job. All right. Well, thank you for I knew that. The son of a, I knew the son of a. I knew the son of a police officer would feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gave addresses. That's what you should have did. But we could if do that. If I had on him, the, I would have. <laughs> we could do that on the tour, no, social media. All right. Now, uh, up next, we have Angela Rye. Angela Rye will be joining uh, us. We'll kick it with Miss Rye. Angela Rye. Find out what's going on with everything. Since yeah. we came back from vacation last week. All right, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club on this Friday. We got a special guest on the line right now. Our sister, Miss Angela Rye. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. How are you? So How are you doing up so early? early? I am up so early because the breakfast club rang. Oh, I guess we don't have to worry about impeaching him, or do we have to worry about impeaching him? Because you got a yes, couple. Yes, we do. You know, um, Envy, I knew you were going to ask this, and what's so, what's so crazy is you think about all of the times you've raised this and all of the reasons why. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of those things where we got to the point where we would kind of laugh about it, but it was never really a joke. It's one of those things where in our culture, you know, we laugh to keep from crying. It is the thing that we say all the time about so much, whether it's interpersonal things in our families or when you have a crazy president. And this is something that the culture has called from the very beginning. We knew who Donald Trump was before he was ever coming down the escalator, you know, trying to announce his uh, run for presidency. We knew that he was crazy when he was calling uh, Barack Obama or saying Barack Obama was not a citizen. He's the one who was the chief spokesperson of the birther movement. That's someone who who should have really never had a shot at being president. Yet here we are, rules of law broken, ethics violated, like across the board. And here we are still talking about whether or not he should be impeached. It should have never been a question. So as you all probably know, Ilhan Omar, who of course is a member of the squad, fantastic, brilliant member of Congress, introduced another resolution for his impeachment just yesterday. Cori Bush, who is um, the incoming member from St. Louis, Missouri, um, introduced a resolution for the members of the GOP in the House to um, be removed from office for, um, the quote is, for backing attempts to overthrow Biden's victory, right? They are both complicit um, and they should be impeached. Um, and removed. Why don't they just call that a, a a coup? Is that not language they use? Like, oh yeah, but I'm just telling you what specifically what it says in her resolution. But my, I think many members, and especially now, finally, members of the media are calling it an attempted coup because it absolutely was. Um, and so what you see here are the facts that now all of a sudden I was on air with 
um, a Republican who said, you know, over the last two weeks, Donald Trump is just, and you're like, the last two weeks? He's been doing this the whole time. And I think for us, you know, it's not a direct form of gaslighting, right? It's not the thing where they're like, oh no, the sky is orange, it's not blue. It is really one of those things where we're like, we've been telling you this and it, we knew it was going to come down to this. Lenard, you've said for years now, that the right-wing media has kind of been ginning some of these things up, whether we're talking about the podcast or radio, or we're talking about what happens on Fox News. They've been ginning this up and they are all culpable. And until there is something that is the ant, um, that is antithetical to what is out there in right-wing media, they're gonna continue to listen to that garbage, those Facebook, Facebook chat, like all of those things, right? Have uh, created this ecosystem of crazy and Donald Trump is at the center of it. What would be the point of impeaching Trump again right now? It's very important to say again, because he has been impeached before. What That's would be the true. point to impeach him again right now? It's only 12 days left. Well, and here's the reality of it, to come full circle back to Envy's original question as well. It is not likely. Um, sure, the House, because they um, have the majority, could vote to impeach him again. But there still is that second part where there's the Senate trial, because they didn't impeach him for obstruction of justice before. The Senate would have to go through um, the trial and Mitch McConnell still has the majority because Raphael Warnock is not sworn in. Um, Georgia's Secretary of State has until uh, January 22nd to certify the results of the election for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. So that still puts us at a disadvantage. Most importantly, that's not going to happen by January 20th, which is when, of course, Joe Biden um, becomes the president of the United States and is sworn in. What about Donald Trump getting arrested? What's the likelihood of something like that happening? I see that he's trying to pardon himself as well and finding out about, can, is that possible? So do you think that he could get arrested? Yeah, I think he could get arrested. Here's my question. Will Merrick Garland, who was selected as Barack Obama's Supreme Court pick because he was deemed acceptable enough by the Republican Party, moderate enough, uh, you know, isn't radical enough. And, and, and in a lot of ways, um, I think that there should have been an attorney general appointed, not Merrick Garland, who has some fight in them, who has a dem demonstrative record of being an advocate for issues that people of color certainly care deeply about. But even when it comes, on, comes to taking on um, something that will be deemed a squarely partisan fight, um, because unfortunately, even though Republicans are trying to back away from it now, we know it would happen if it was time for him to go to jail because they would all be scared. Um, I think him being prosecuted on this particular issue is going to be tough for Amira Garland to take on. Um, and even with that, he still has to be nominated, right? He has to be nominated and um, approved, voted on by the Senate. And it is a 50-50 split with Kamala being the tie-breaking vote, right, every time. So I think after John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock um, are sworn in, his nomination will still be difficult. If they know that that um, that Merrick Garland would be prosecuting Donald Trump, I think that all hell would break loose and it would be very tough for people like Joe Manchin in West Virginia who has sided with Trump, who endorsed Trump at some point, and John Tester in Montana, who both ha who have races coming up um, in the next cycle. Do you think they would actually put an American president in prison? And the reason I say that is because both Republicans and Democrats were saying at one time they don't know how it would look to the world if an American president was actually in jail, even though they believe that Trump should be in jail. But do you think they would put him in jail the way it would look to the world? 
You know, I think that's really a, a great question, Envy, and I don't know the answer to it. Um, what I can tell you now is, how have we looked to the world for the we last 20 years? <laughs> you know, like we we look crazy now. We We should be most concerned with ensuring that we do whatever we need to do at this point to protect our national security interests. The coup, you know, Lenard, as you so aptly put it the other day, this attempted coup has now demonstrated to other crazy people, proud boys, you know, right-wing extremists, racists, that it is possible to break into the Capitol and put in jeopardy the lives of members of Congress and Capitol Hill staff, of which I was one for six years, right? There are people overseas, foreign adversaries who are watching this and see that that is now possible. That to me, if there is no jailable offense for Donald Trump, that is certainly one you know, among all of the other things, again, that we've all talked to as family um, for, for years now about. All right. Well, now, we what about members of the cabinet and some of his allies stepping down now? After all of this, so right before he's no longer going to be president to say, okay, I'm stepping away and separating myself. Let's do that when we come back. We have Angela Rye here. We're talking to her about everything that's going on in this world. 800-585-1051. Don't move. We're still kicking it with Angela Rye on this Friday. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne right now has that uh, Teddy Riley Wi-Fi. His Wi-Fi is all over the place. Shout out to Teddy Riley. I know Teddy Riley hates when we say that, but it's just old jokes. It's funny. His Wi-Fi is out. Now, you asked a question before we just left, right? Yeah, we were talking about some of Donald Trump's allies and members of the cabinet who are now stepping down. We saw Betsy DeVos has stepped down finally. And... So I want to know, what does that, what is the meaning of even doing that right now? There's only 12 days left. This is what we call the politics of convenience, right? Elaine Chow, who is also the wife of Mitch McConnell, who's the Secretary of Transportation, is also resigning. Um, you have the Social Secretary at the White House, Melania Trump's Chief of Staff, like all of these people now um, who are saying that, okay, this has gone too far. And this is kind of what I was referencing at the top of the, sh uh, the, top of the interview, where, you know, folks are like, they finally have come to and seen the light. And it's like, hey, um, we've been telling you all this. We knew that it was gonna come to this and it's convenient for them. Why? Guess what they gotta do after after January 20th when they about to lose their jobs? <laughs> they gotta go somewhere else. They wanna go sit on corporate boards. They wanna go advise and be consulting and talking to clients about how to engage with administrations. They're not gonna be able to do that now that they are, um, you know, they frankly have bloody hands quite literally right, with four people dead um, because of an attempted coup, all at the hands of their boss. So they said, well, they tried to talk to uh, Donald Trump to get him to talk people off the ledge. Well, he just talked them onto that ledge, and he's been doing that since the election, right? right? So that's the real problem. It, to me, it's not, um, oh, you're courageous and you have all this integrity. No, you're self-serving. Even when you look at what happened with Mark Zuckerberg saying that he was permanently now suspending Donald Trump's accounts, um, on Facebook and on Instagram, sir. <laughs> you should have been that. That's right. I got so many questions. One question uh, I have, when they stormed Capitol Hill, right? Yeah. The one cop that shot the lady, uh, was he black? And why was he put on desk duty so fast? I mean, you see videos of, of officers shoot and kill black people with no weapons and mm. there's an investigation. Why was he put on desk duty so fast? You know, I really want to speak to the emotion part of that conversation first in me. So many of us have these conversations when we're talking about another Black person 
who was shot by the police and we cannot figure out why it takes so long for the person to be fired. They're placed on administrative leave, which often means they're still paid. Right. Um, you know, we, we just saw the other day, Jacob Blake's perpetrators are not going to be charged, right? You have all of these instances where these things happen and we did not do anything. Here you have people who are literally storming the Capitol, many of them armed. You know, bombs found, um, um, explosive devices found at the Capitol and right near the Capitol um, at our RNC headquarters. You have all of these things. Ties, like they were going to kidnap people. They yes, yes. You saw pictures with the guy with zip ties. All of these things happening. And yet and still, um, a black officer, to your point, was running from them, knowing full well in his mind, Envy, like we're talking about, that if he turns around and shoots these people, he's gonna be the one that go to jail. The right. fact that they that they bombarded their way with weapons into the Capitol be damned. Most importantly, what we are thinking about is the disparity in justice, knowing what we saw over the summer. Um, Dion, who's like a little brother to me um, in LA, got shot in the face with a rubber bullet and he wasn't doing anything. So how can we watch this happen? We can watch, see Capitol Police opening the gates. There was no plan to deal with this, even though members of Congress, including Congresswoman Waters, he tw she tweeted yesterday, she told him this was gonna happen last week. Where was the plan? Why weren't you all talking with other law enforcement agencies to ensure nothing like this could happen? So because white, I'm people, not, don't look at white, white, because white people don't look at other white people as terrorists, that's why. And also many of uh, the folks who were involved in this, best believe we're gonna find out real soon, it's a bunch of them who are law enforcement uh, officials. For all your folks on the, on the Hill, how do they feel knowing some of those police officers were aiding and abetting, you know, those, those, those rioters? Cause that clearly was an inside job. How do you even keep anybody that is a police officer that's still working right now? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great question. There actually needs to be a congressional hearing on this what went wrong why could or why did this happen like everyone needs to get background checks again um there's a good friend of mine unique um gibson who is um the founder of uh um because of them we can her dad was a capitol hill police officer for years and he went through a litany she has a great thread on twitter about this of all the things that went wrong and what happened even when Barack Obama was being sworn in and the fact that they did random background checks on officers, they found some, right, that had problematic records and didn't let them um, engage with even Barack Obama's inauguration. That stuff should have been happening. Kamala Harris is a black woman. If they're mad now, imagine how they're gonna be inauguration week. Exactly. You know, there's a lot that we have to be thinking about. We don't know what this was the beginning of. And again, to us, it wasn't the beginning. And that's why he has to get arrested, because if there's no consequences and repercussions to this attempted coup, what happens next? Yeah. What would they yeah, do? Yeah, I agree with you. It just feels to me like, you know, even seeing Donald Trump Jr.'s um, posts where they're watching all of this happen on TVs, like nothing is going on. It just feels like nothing matters. And again, it goes back to what it means to be black in America and to be constantly gaslit. You might not be, direct, be directly lied to, but what you see is this disparity in justice applied, right? And I think that's something that this country really has to wrestle with and quickly because now we're seeing that the inability to apply equal justice under the law to all of us 
could be deadly for many of us. We're considered thugs and they're considered patriots. Absolutely. And, and we got to see on the Hill that day, taking down the U.S. flag that they were pissed at Colin about taking down that flag that they say we need to wear the flag pin and we need to pledge of allegiance to. They took that flag down, put up a Trump flag. They were carrying Confederate flags all throughout the Capitol, right? If that's the case, now what we see very clearly is that the flag has always been a symbol of white supremacy. Those flags are interchangeable to them. And that's what we know. And that is our reluctance to pledge allegiance to the flag. That is our reluctance to, to sing this national anthem. And that is why we don't see the flag the same way they do. Right, real quick, because we, we got to go. Um, and yeah. my internet was going out, so I don't even know if you answered this or not. Number one, can he self-pardon himself? And real quick, what, what is the 25th Amendment they keep talking about they, they want to use to get him out? So really quickly on um, the self-pardon, I don't know the answer to that. That has never happened. Um, I think that that is something that will end up being left to the courts. If he attempted to do it, I think that there would definitely be um, you know, some legal intervention where they say, hey, this isn't possible. This is not how this was designed nor intended. Of course, we know that he's not followed any other rule or law while he's been in office. On the 25th Amendment, um, of course, that was created when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And um, what it has been used, I think, six times in history. Um, and uh, the most recent time was um, when presidents fell ill. It's never been used um, because of someone's mental incapacity. And I think that the challenge we have here is the same thing. It's timing, right? The same kind of timing we were talking about around impeachment and removal. Just for example, when Gerald Ford um, became vice president under Nixon, that whole process took two months. We don't have that much time. So even though it should be invoked, I don't know that it will be. And I definitely don't see the timeline there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Angela Rye, we appreciate you for checking in. Thank you so much. Go check out that. Go check out that hotels, Angela Rye. Your, your girl Jasmine Sullivan dropped this out right now. Oh, I already know. I posted on her thing. I can't wait for this album, so I can't wait to hear it. But I'm, I'm not gonna t let you end on me calling me no damn hotel. So I, I, ain't you hotel. I just know you enjoy a good hotel, and the album came out. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I'll go enjoy the hotels. Y'all enjoy your morning. All right. It's Angela Rice. Club. Good morning. Rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, so last night on Fox Soul, my show Established came on, and I had Megan Good on. And it was an amazing interview. And one thing that she talked about was freezing her eggs and she'll be 40 this year, and she's talking about finally feeling like she's ready to have kids. Here's what she said. You know, I'm about ready, and it's taken me a long time to get here. I'm like a big Holly Berry fan. When I saw that she had her first baby at like 40, I was like, I think I'm gonna be like that. I never really aspired to marriage. I never really aspired to motherhood. And you know, once I got married and I realized that that can still work, you can still be who you are. It kind of now has made me excited about motherhood because I'm like, okay, I can work at both. I can still be the true identity of who I am. And I can also be a mother and be a great one. So I've just now gotten to that place and I'll be 40 next year. And I'm like, okay. It's about that time. Now, Megan Good also just directed her first feature film. It's called If Not Now, When? So you can check that out. Did you know her father was a member of the LAPD also? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so she discussed this, uh, what she has to say to her dad and the kind of conversations that happen at home. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, shout out to my wife, Gia. She's been telling a, a lot of her friends for the last 10 years that, you know, you should freeze your eggs just in case. You don't want to get to the age and you, you're not allowed, able to produce the eggs as much that you should always uh, take, it, take it out. And most some insurances do cover that, so you can definitely have those eggs on stash just in case. I got mad homegirls mm -hmm. who got their eggs frozen. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about Bun B. He has confirmed that there is going to be a UGK versus battle, and it looks like it's going to be against 8-Ball and MJG. So that's who it probably will be against. That's and he doesn't know classic. when that's going to be scheduled for, but he said the very latest would be during springtime. He said it's kind of pushed back because of the Ashanti and Keisha Cole, and they're trying to find the right time to do a lot of this stuff, but it's going to go down. Classic. Those brothers are forefathers of the South. Uh, a lot of country, legendary rap tunes between 8-Ball and MJG and uh, UGK. That is going to be a fantastic versus. Do we know when Keisha Cole and Ashanti is going to happen? No, they just said it was postponed again. Uh, so they, they haven't put a new date yet. All right, now, Dr. Dre, they're saying, has agreed to pay $2 million in temporary spousal support to his estranged wife, and he agreed to that from his hospital bed. So he won't have to pay the additional $5 million in attorney fees that she was requesting, and he also doesn't have to cover her security costs, but he will continue to pay her living expenses at their Malibu estate, as well as her mother's Pacific Palisades home for the next several months. I need to know how long is temporary. How long is temporary in this situation? Well, they said at least until their next scheduled hearing in April. So that's just a one-time check right now that he has to do for $2 million. Mm -hmm. And then in <laughs> April, they have a scheduled hearing to figure out what's next. You know what that's just I mean, if you're, if, if you're Dr. Dre, I guess you got to look at the bright side and say, hey, at least I got it to give for the month. Can you Correct. imagine that writing a $2 million check just for a month, temporary, and being like, whatever, man, here. Well, it's until April. It's a one-time check until April. So it's not just for um, one month. That's $2 million, All right. though. No, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of money. They were married for 24 years, though. And, a, you know, he acquired a lot of money during that time. Mm -hmm. yep. All right. Now, Little Wayne and Kodak Black reportedly are on Donald Trump's potential list of pardons. So they might... Who knows if he pardons them? And I think the pardons have to happen on the 19th because inauguration's on the 20th. So that's when all those pardons are going to happen. So we shall see. He, they're on the list. I don't know if, you know, he's going to feel obligated to do that right now. because He's not going to be uh, president, but maybe he will. Who knows? Mm -hmm. That would be great. Add, right. big to that list. Uh, add big meats to that list while you're at it. And I would really wonder, um, I, would wonder why, I would wonder what his why would be. What, what would his why be? Uh, like, what would his why, I mean, what would his why be for doing that? I would want to know why he would want to do that. I'm yeah. happy he's maybe doing it. Maybe because they support it. Why. I mean, Little Wayne supported him, right? I'm, I'm sure he'll do that. I think Kodak Black did. Nah, Kodak Black didn't. Kodak Black asked for him to get, asked for Trump to pardon him, though. All right, now, Jasmine Sullivan, her new Hotels project is out. She hates when people call it an album. It's her project that's out, and it's really amazing. So I really want to tell people this weekend, while you're chilling, make sure you check out this project from Jasmine Sullivan. It's really fun and a, a good listen to. And uh, congratulations yeah. to Yella Beezy okay. also. He's welcomed a newborn son. So congratulations. Okay. Congrats to Beezy. Yep, absolutely. Did y'all see the leak of his, um, it was a, a little new leak that came out? No. Oh, no. Wasn't checking okay, it. Was it was trending. It was trending. I don't be on those kind of websites. I didn't see that. It was on Twitter. He actually walked into um, the room. It's like a video. He's waving a gun around the living room and his pants are down and you can see his stuff blame uh swinging around and he blamed it on his children's mother saying that she put the security footage on her instagram story by accident because she was playing too much 
All right. Well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, um, when hey, we come and, back. And listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. I want to tell people, too, man, um, go out there and pre-order Tamika Mallory's uh, upcoming book, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country that We Built. It's available May 11th um, of this year on Black Privilege, Shimon & Schuster Publishing, but you can pre-order it right now wherever you purchase books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever. Because, you know, I, I, I saw everybody reposting uh, Tamika's tweet from a couple of days ago, and um, I'm just like, you know, if you like those words, you will definitely like her book. Okay. All right, well, happy birthday to my brother DJ Clue. Then we're going to get into Mexico, Clue, some Clue, Clue, Clue classics. Clue. You know, Clue had, what, two, three, four albums, uh, all went platinum, first, so we're going to get some... First mixtape DJ... To ever go platinum. That's ever. right. Mm -hmm. And there has not been a DJ who's made better albums. No, I, you know what? To be, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest because I'm not a hater. The only other DJ who I think has made uh, albums as incredible as DJ Clue is Funk Master Flex. That's just right. my unbiased, objective opinion. Those 60 minutes of Funk's wearing, the volume one, two, and three were dope. But those are freestyles. On people's yeah, B-style was out already. All right. to totally two different things. But, yeah. yep, shout out to my brother Clue. We're going to get on a Clue mix right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DEJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. And let me shout out to my brother DJ Clue. Today is Clue's birthday. Happy um, birthday, my Capricorn brother DJ Clue. Yeah, all know how I feel about Clue. If it wasn't for Clue, I wouldn't be a DJ right now. He's the one that introduced me to the music industry, introduced me to mixtapes, introduced me to the radio. He even introduced me to my uh, car addiction. He was the first person that was heavy into the cars and getting cars first. So I always say thank you to him because I know if it wasn't for him, who knows what I would be doing right now. And I'm so grateful and appreciative. And that's why I try to encourage so many of, of the youth to do different things, whether it's entrepreneurship or it's DJ and it's real estate, it's, you know, anything it is because you want to, you know, put that positive vibes and, and, and that positive energy in the kids' atmospheres out there. So thank you to my brother, DJ Clue. Salute to the DJ good brother, Clue. DJ Clue, man. Drop on the Clues bonds for DJ Clue. He is an absolute legend. Who I feel like doesn't get the respect he deserves in our culture, but I also think it's because Clue doesn't tell his story enough. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to mm -hmm. remind folks nowadays, if you don't, people forget, man. So salute to Clue, and I, I thank Clue for being the gremlin that ate after midnight, uh, got wet, and <laughs> DJ Envy popped off, and Fabulous popped off, and... A lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of people, you know, that 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 were fruit off off Clue's tree. That's a fact. Absolutely. And also, shout out to Angie Martinez. Her birthday's tomorrow. My Capricorn sister. Angie I know Ma. we've done birthday parties together in the past. This year, I know everything's all virtual. I know she has some things going on. So happy birthday, Angie Martinez. Happy, happy birthday, Angie Ma. And, and, and Angie's another one. You know what I'm saying? I feel mm -hmm. like you know she doesn't get the, the appreciation that that she should. And our culture, you know what I mean. I feel like she gets more. She gets more than clue, but she don't get the, the appreciation she should get. You know. Correct. Luther Angie Martinez. Correct. And An Angie's another one. If it wasn't for Angie, I wouldn't be doing radio. Angie uh, had uh, when she had her son Nico, she took maternity leave, and they needed somebody to fill in, and they put me into that position and put me in that spot, which actually gave me an opportunity. So happy birthday to Angie Man, too. I love. I love hearing. How the Spanish community is looking out for each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> DJ Clue looked out for his Dominican brother, DJ Envy. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rican sister, Angie Martinez, looked out for her Dominican brother. That is an amazing thing. Yo, man. shut up, man. Clue is black and I'm black. Angie is Puerto Rican. So, well, shout out to And uh, Clue's real name is Ernest Rodriguez. <laughs> Ernesto <laughs> Rodriguez. It's not Ernest, man. It's Ernesto <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> you just make stuff up, man. <laughs> 
Goodness gracious. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notice, the Breakfast Club. Good morning.